Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Jesus Podcast, riding the rodeo of religion and life. And hasn't it been a rodeo lately? Uh, My mind constantly goes to the war in Ukraine. I was with my son and his family at the Denver Aquarium the other day and I was thinking, here we are looking at fish and a war is raging over in Eastern Europe, leaving over 3 million refugees and thousands dead. I, you know... I guess life goes on, but it keeps me awake at night, wakes me up early, and every day it fills my prayers. You know, I've been thinking about this podcast for several weeks now. It's so much, It's been so much on my mind. Uh, I have a bunch of notes in front of me. This is just me today. It's uh, not a dialogue with anybody else. I just got to get these thoughts out of my head, and hopefully they're going to be of benefit to you. It's on Just War theory, just war theory. You know, what I can't get out of my head is that U.S. and NATO countries are standing by and watching this war. You know, I know Ukraine isn't a NATO country. And if we do get involved against Russia, I know it starts World War III. But I ask, do we just watch a despot run amok over another nation because the said nation isn't NATO? You know, at what point do we get involved? Do we watch genocide from the sidelines? I mean, think back to World War II. When was enough enough that we took up the battle against Hitler? How many million had to be killed before we decided we had to get involved in a battle against evil? Which is exactly what I see going on over in Ukraine. I see this as a battle against good and evil. Maybe I shouldn't be so black and white, but I believe Putin is evil, and what he's doing in Ukraine is evil. By standing on the sideline waiting for him to cross over into Poland is watching like a freight train run over people's lives. All right, so I've been thinking, when is it just to go to war? Even if we wait for Russia to invade a NATO country, when is it just to go to war? As Christians, which is what I am, I've been asking myself, is it ever just to go to war? How do we balance going to war with the teachings of Jesus? Okay, so I've been working on answering my questions, and I've been uh, reading the notes that I took way back in grad school uh, when I was taking a class on ethics about just war theory. Maybe some of you know these principles of just war. Maybe you've heard about it but don't really know what it is or what it constitutes a just war. After a sermon I preached several weeks ago, I had many people ask me about just war and what is a just war theory. So what I'd like to do in this episode is to go over just war theory and the teachings of Jesus. So hopefully you can draw your own conclusion. If you're a Christian or not, I need for you to think about how do we respond to Putin and his nationalist schemes. All right, so this is going to probably sound like a lecture of sorts. And so I want you to be kind of careful if you need to like push the pause button and uh, think through what I'm saying, do that. Again, I apologize if it's a little boring, but I got to get this stuff out of my brain because it's been so much on my mind. All right. Okay, so just war theory goes all the way back to Thomas Aquinas. Uh, Aquinas was a Catholic priest, philosopher, theologian. He was wrestling with the ethical demands of living a Christian life. And so he, he writes his uh, one of his greatest treatises called Summa Theologica. 
And let me check my notes. The date is 1265 to 1274. Okay. Aquinas believed that it isn't always a sin to wage war. In fact, now listen to this. He believed it could be a greater sin to idly sit by and tolerate evil than to wage war and take life. So get that. Okay, it's a greater sin to sit by idly and tolerate evil. I, that's what I think about what's going on with us and, and Putin and the war in Ukraine. We're sitting idly by and we're tolerating evil uh, instead of engaging. I know we're doing other things. I know we're providing aid. I know we have sanctions going on. But still sometimes I think we're sitting idly by. Okay, so back to Aquinas. So Aquinas was the one who developed the insights of just war, which is the beginnings. Okay, Aquinas held three principles. Okay, listen to these. One, the war must be waged upon the command of a rightful sovereign. Two, the war must be waged for a just cause on the account of a wrong that has been committed. Three, the warriors must have the right intent to promote good and to avoid evil. Okay, Aquinas also argued that violence must be a last resort. On the, on the battlefield, as the war was being fought, soldiers needed to avoid cruelty and violence, and their actions must be limited to the extent that it was necessary to win. Okay, I'm hoping you're catching all this. Aquinas argued that it was only in the pursuit of justice that taking another human life is acceptable. For Aquinas, uh, from Aquinas, there is a long history of philosophers and ethicists who have taken apart and reworked the qualifications of just war theory. Every time there has been a war engaged, at least by the United States, philosophers, ethicists, and theologians have wrestled with just war. You know, some politicians wouldn't even know an ethic if they ran into it. But there are many politicians who, when there has been a war waged, they have asked themselves what is a just cause, lest they run headlong into committing atrocities ourselves. So like before the war in Iraq, there were a lot of people wrestling with just war and asking themselves, is Iraq a just war? They've been doing the same thing with the war in Afghanistan. Was the war in Afghanistan a just war? People fell all over the place. Okay, let me get back to my notes. All right, the uh, just war theory. Let me just kind of lay this out. There are six tenets of just war theory that have been laid out by contemporary ethicists. There must one. There must be a just cause. Two, the war must be a last resort. Three, the war must be declared by a proper authority. Four, the nation waging war must have the right intention. Five, there must be a reasonable chance of success. Six, and the end is proportional to the means being used. All right. Let me just go back and unpack these. Let's go back to number one. Just cause. There must be a just cause. A just cause is based upon an act of physical aggression by one party over against another or one nation over another. It's not just to claim or seize property, act in revenge, or to claim a nation 
as a buffer against another larger possible enemy. Okay, so hello, think what Putin is doing uh, in Ukraine. The principle of self-defense can be extrapolated to anticipate probable acts of aggression. So in other words, if Ukraine is thinking that uh, that Russia is going to invade them, they are just to reach out and to thwart that invasion. Um, as well as when there's a just war, we can assess or a nation can assist another a nation against an oppressive government. So it is commonly held that aggressive war is only permissible if its purpose is to retaliate against a wrong already committed. For example, to pursue and punish an aggressor or to preempt an anticipated attack. So like U Ukraine, Russia was on the borders building up its forces. Ukraine was sitting there watching. It would have been just for them to do a preempt attack against the Russian forces. Okay. What about the war in Iraq? Did we have just cause? Was our cause just because we were trying to prevent a greater attack, such as weapons of mass destruction? It's interesting, that was, the, that was our reason. We went in and we didn't find any weapons of mass destruction. So ultimately, was that war a just war? Many ethicists have come down and said, no, it was not a just war. All right. I digress. Let's move on. Last resort, tenant two. So all avenues of negotiation must be engaged and exhausted. Even still in the middle of the war, negotiations must always be open. Two warring parties constantly have the invitation to come to the table to settle differences over and against warring and violence. So just think about the war in Ukraine, uh, between Ukraine and Russia. They're trying to weakly come to the table to try to negotiate some peace. So they're hitting that second tenant, last resort. Okay, third tenant, declared by a proper authority. A duly elected government system is the only way war can be waged. Think about it. In the U.S., it's only by a vote of Congress that war can be waged. You know, for me, it raises the issue of uh, what if it's a corrupt government led by a dictator? This is a corrupt cause. In situations like this, just war theory calls for Local citizens, they have the right to rise up and rebel against a dictator, even in the means of violent overthrow, rather than engage warfare. So in other words, if the citizens of Russia wanted to rise up against Putin, because Putin being the dictator, that would be a just war on their part. Okay, uh, this declared by a proper authority, it uh, prevents a charismatic, narcissistic leader from engaging warfare, warfare from his or her own base needs. Think back through history of the wars that have been waged by a dictator. Think of Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot, and a host of others. They were the ones who declared that they were the proper authority, but really they weren't. Uh, they were acting on their own narcissistic, egotistic means, so it was not a just war. Third, in, third uh, tenet, just intention or right intention. The general thrust of the concept 
is that a nation waging a just war should be doing so for the cause of justice, not for reasons of self-interest or angan... Boy, there's a word. Forget it. For self-aggrandizement. I wrote that in my notes, and I can't even pronounce it. All right. Putin has gone to all ends to prove that he has right intention to wage war against Ukraine. Right intention. But he's dead wrong. He's lying to himself and his nation. He is acting on his own. He does not have right intention. Uh, next tenet. There's a reasonable change. Uh, there's a reasonable uh, uh, amount of success. The, um, there's a reasonable chance of success. In other words, given just cause and right intention, when a nation wages war, there must be a reasonable chance of success, a regional, reasonable probability of success. If you're going to engage warfare, you have to be able to win the war, or you'll just be sacrificing lives for a dead end cause. Okay, now I see this as problematic. Does Ukraine, so this is where I kind of get wrapped around the ethical axle. I think Ukraine has a just cause, but does Ukraine really think they're going to defeat Russia? Um, in this term, should they just lay down arms, admit defeat in order to avoid unnecessary bloodshed and the loss of life? Um, I don't know. You know, I wrestle with this tenant of reasonable chance of success. But if you think about it, if the United States followed this tenant, the American Revolution would have never been waged. And never been won because we are we there is really little little chance of success against Great Britain, but we did, and we won. Um, so, and doesn't a nation? Here's another thought: Doesn't a nation have the right to defend itself if there is an aggressor invading their country, even if there is no hope of success? I don't know. What if it? truly is a lost cause and there's no hope for success. But then what if laying down arms means total subjugation by an evil despot that will bring total oppression, maybe even genocide? Is it better to fight back hoping that some some nation, somebody will come to your aid? Is it better to fight back than to risk being ruled by a dictator? Uh, like just think about when Hitler invaded Poland and took all the Jews into uh, into the concentration camps, even though it might have been a lost cause. Were they right to rise up against Hitler and fight back? I, you know, I think so. I mean, and this is why is Ukraine waiting for NATO countries to act? I mean, they might be a lost cause, but. Are they waiting for us to act to come to their aid as they engage just war? Okay, last tenet. The law of proportionality. This is kind of a complicated one, but it makes sense when you think about it. Uh, what the law of proportionality means is that the desired end should be proportional to the means used. Okay, according to this, when nation A attacks nation B, B's counterattack must not invoke a disproportionate response. So in other words, if a nation is being invaded, 
It should not retaliate with overwhelming force or nuclear weaponry to resolve something as simple as a border dispute. Okay, so in other words, Russia is invading Ukraine with uh, traditional military forces. The law of proportionality says that Ukraine cannot respond with a nuclear warhead, if they had nuclear warheads, against a traditional invading force. By the same token, the law of proportionality would prohibit uh, Putin from using a nuclear arm against Ukraine or literally against any other nation at that point because everybody's using traditional forces of warfare. Okay, this is an interesting one. A just war theory talks about assassination. What if a war and all of its suffering could be avoided by highly selective killing? Could just war theory endorse assassination? You know, assassination programs have been secretly accepted and employed by states throughout the centuries. And if challenged, it's often to a higher value such as self-defense or killing a target, guilty of war crimes and atrocities or removing a threat to peace and stability. So in given all this, I think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, the World War II committed Christian theologian and pastor. He participated in assassination attempt on Hitler's life. He decided that it was just for him to kill Hitler to take his life in the hopes of bringing an end to World War II. Bonhoeffer's attempt was unsuccessful. However, he was arrested, imprisoned, and uh, the Third Reich uh, killed him. He was hung. But was his attempt just? Did it fulfill any standards of just war theory? Um, did he even worry about just war? That's one of the things I was thinking about. Did he even worry about just war? Uh, just war? Did he just know that Hitler had to die and that they needed to cut the head off of the, the snake of the Third Reich? Okay, now think back to what's going on right now. I've heard many people say that Putin just needs to be taken out, assassinated, uh, to bring an end to the war in Ukraine. But would this be just? Would it be faithful? If it would end the war and save thousands of lives, is it the just and faithful thing to kill Putin? Should the U.S. and NATO be involved in an assassination attempt? Would that be just? Okay, there's just war theory. Now, let me expand the just war theory and let me reflect on what the Christian faith teaches. This is where... Um, for me, I don't think Christians can just talk about just war and engage warfare based upon the tenets of the theory. No, I think that we have to, as Christians, weigh out, first of all, the teachings of Jesus and then balance it out with just war theory. Okay, let's look at Jesus. I want to be crystal clear. Nowhere in the teachings of Jesus? Does he allow for the taking of arms? I think you have to be biblically blind to twist his teachings to legitimate warfare and the taking of life. Think about it. He willingly went to death at the hands of an oppressive empire. There were the zealots around him who were screaming at him to take, it up, take up arms and lead an army against the Romans. Think about it. He refused 
Instead, he taught forgiveness, compassion, blessing. He taught everybody to be peacemakers. He willingly went to his death without raising a fist against the Romans or against the Jewish, Jewish elite that wanted him dead. Okay, because of the teachings of Jesus, many Christians have been and are conscientious objectors. There are whole denominations of Christianity who are pacifists. But on the other side, there are countless thousands of Jews, Christian, Muslims, and a host of other world religions who, because of their faith, have enlisted in the military and fought and taken lives. So you have people on both sides. You know, I found this uh, from the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church allows for just war. Uh, the Catholic Church doctrine, let me look at my notes, 1992 Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2309. It lists for strict conditions for legitimate defense by military force. Here it is. They have one, two, three, four tenets. This is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. One, the damage inflicted by the aggressor on the nation or community or nations must be lasting, grave, and certain. Two, all other means of putting an end must have been shown to be impractical or ineffective. Three, there must be serious prospects of success. Four, the use of arms must not produce evils and disorders graver than the evil to be eliminated. In other words, that's the law of proportionality. So there must be serious prospects of success. That's also from secular just war. Uh, there must be putting an end to it. must have been shown to be impractical or ineffective. That's an interesting one. Um, the damage inflicted by the aggressor or the nation or community uh, must be lasting, grave, and certain. I think uh, that's an interesting one as well. Okay. The Presbyterian Church, which I am a part of, has different perspectives. You know, it's what I admire about the PCUSA. We're constantly in dialogue with each other. Um, I looked up the Presbyterian Peace Fellowship website. They have an argument that the only faithful response to the war in Ukraine is nonviolence. It was interesting. They said that they argued that just war theory is unjust for any follower of Jesus, and on the other hand, the PCUSA has clergy pastors who serve in all branches of the military as chaplains, and they're faithful PCUSA members who are active and retired military. You know, same with United Methodists, same with the United Church of Christ, same with Lutherans. You know, Columbine United Church, my church has military uh, veterans who are faithful followers of Jesus and went to military because of their faith they took up arms. So, okay, taking all this, let me go even deeper and apply it to the war in Ukraine. Are the citizens and military of Ukraine waging a just war against Russia? The answer is yes on all accounts. The only tenant that gives me pause is do they have reasonable chances of success? So far, they've held the Russian military to a standstill in places. In fact, they've even beaten back the, the Russian military. But can they truly stop the march of the Russian military empire? 
I mean, to save thousands of lives, should they just lay down their arms? You know, everything in my body says, no, fight on. But the theologian in me wonders about the tremendous loss of life and destruction. And when I read the PCUSA Peace Fellowship, I had to be honest, I felt a huge tug towards peace and Jesus' teaching. Um, is it just for Christians in Ukraine to fight back against Russia? Okay, so according to the tenets of just war, it is. According to the Catholic teaching, it is. According to Thomas Aquinas, it is. But, is it according to the teachings of Jesus? It's not. You can't bend the teachings of Jesus. But does the situation warrant stepping outside of the teachings of Jesus? You know, personally, I would take a deep breath and say, yes, it is okay to step outside the teachings of Jesus and engage warfare. Um, however, I have a really difficult time for myself if could I actually, if I was there, step outside the teachings of Jesus, pick up a rifle and aim it at another human being, another soldier? I've decided that um, I would only do this if it was in defense of my life. If someone was actively shooting at me, I guess I could pick up uh, a gun and shoot back at them. You know, I just, I mean, I'm an avid hunter. I know what it means to take a life. I know what it means to line your sights up on another living thing and to take it. But it's one thing to shoot a deer or an elk. It's another thing to shoot uh, another human being. So I'm kind of wrapped around the axle on that. I think it might be just for Christians to do it. But could this Christian do it? Mm, I'm not sure. Okay, what about the U.S. getting involved in the war in Ukraine? Um, according to the tenets of just war, the U.S. and NATO forces would be just in waging war. The only thing that would stop them is the tenet of proportionality. If we became involved in the war, the risk that Putin would respond disproportionately with nuclear arms is there. That is what is actually stopping us from getting involved. The threat of nuclear war arms is what is kind of keeping NATO countries, it's keeping the U.S. from being involved, because Putin basically said, if you get involved with us, if you stop us, we're going to respond with ways that will bring mass destruction. So he's threatening nuclear arms. Okay, but just because Ukraine isn't a NATO country seems like a thin argument me for becoming involved. Because I think if we're standing on the sidelines watching while evil is being perpetrated, then really the only thing that is holding us back is the threat that Putin gave. If any country became involved to stop him, he would retaliate with nuclear arms. I mean, so, but we, we sit and wait, but, uh, but suddenly is it okay to engage war with Russia just because they would cross a boundary, an imaginary geopolitical boundary? And then why is it just to suddenly incur the threat of nuclear arms just because it went from Ukraine to Poland? 
Is it okay to then suddenly, because of the NATO alliance, risk nuclear arms? You know, I, I really wrestle with that. You know, I've asked myself, what would I do if I was President Biden? Would I come to the aid of Ukraine with our military and incur the threat of nuclear arms? Or would I wait for a NATO country to be threatened? I've really thought about this, and I, I guess I find myself agreeing with President Biden and his stance to sit back and wait, because who wants to start World War III? You know, so unfortunately, we're, the whole world is being held at bay by a dictator who has his finger on the trigger, trigger of a nuclear device. It's a threat of total destruction. What then is the just thing to do? Do we sit and watch while evil is being perpetrated? Or do we just engage and take on the threat of World War III? I don't know. You know, I wanted to do this podcast while there was still calm um, amidst the NATO countries, I think we're on high alert, but I wanted to do this and think through this before Putin invaded a NATO country because I want people to think for themselves while there is still peace, so to speak, if you will, to think for themselves where you fall out on the just war argument. What does it mean for you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to engage warfare? Is it ever just? If so, when? I mean, think about this. Could you line your rifle sights on another human being in a uniform and take their life? You know, I encourage you to think through. Think through it now. Because the time might come in the very near future where the decision will be taken from us and we'll be acting and engaging war on a scale we haven't seen since the threat of the Cold War. In fact, it would pale. It would make the Cold War pale in, in relation to what we would be engaging. So I want you to think and ponder now. Use this podcast, re-listen to it, go over it, engage me, send me an email, send me a text, write something at the base of this uh, stance on, on Facebook or on LinkedIn. Uh, let's engage a conversation about just war. All right, there we go. Thanks for listening to the Cowboy Jesus podcast. You know, I write a blog. I'm going to I post my blog on Thursday or Friday each week. Also, you can watch my Sentisor videos on Monday where I talk about purpose and finding purpose. And then, of course, my midweek shout-out on Wednesdays. Okay, I'm active on Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram. I would love to follow you and for you to follow back. There's a lot of ways to connect, and I look forward to talking with you. Take care. If you're a Columbine United Church member, I look forward to seeing you on Sunday or to seeing you online. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Take care. We'll see you. Bye.